104.7 The Cave. KKLH, Marshfield, Springfield. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs radio network. Touchdown, Kansas City! Now, it's time for Ned Talk. Happy Sunday, August 1st to you. It is Ned Talk, our local live sports talk show. The heat is broken and the rain fell last night. Ned Reynolds only got to see four innings of a baseball <laughs> game. How are you, Ned? <laughs> Thank you, Joe. That's exactly right. We we had a telecast last night that lasted all of four and then probably an hour and a half of delay, and it ended up a total delay, suspended. Yeah. <laughs> and John Oliver's with us. John, how are you? I'm doing well. So it's a nice cool day today. Yeah. The heat's finally broke. It's not oppressive. Yesterday, man. Oh, my gosh. Okay. This is not a not a weather show. Though. It's a sports show. <laughs> Ned always points that out. To it me. So is not a weather show. Not a weather show. It's a sports show. So let's talk sports. There's so much to talk about. Where do you want to start out? Let's. I guess the place, obviously, to start would be the the Olympics. Want to start yes. there? And our situation is is pretty good. Maybe not the greatest at the Olympics, but pretty good. I noticed that Miss Biles is sitting out as as really I expected it to be the case. Mm-hmm. The individual event. She's. Her specialty is the vault, and she's out of that now, has decided not to compete. And it's a shame because here's a young lady who's devoted her life. She's only 24 years old, but Mm -hmm. devoted her life and is really the poster child for all of gymnastics and, and maybe for the Olympic team itself. So she's not able to compete, but some of the others, including the young lady Lee from St. Paul, Minnesota, Simone... I'm I'm not sure what her first name is, but regardless of that, she has done very well and won golds, and that's wonderful. She's she's a future Auburn Lady Tiger in their gymnastics uh, team as well. That team, that team, our swimming team, swimming team has been nothing short of outstanding. (laughs) Really anxious to see what our men's basketball team does now. They've made the quarterfinals. That's hardly unexpected. Did dismantle. And have you seen any of the games at all, John? I did watch some of the uh, the last game, okay. the men's game, yeah. The uh, teams that they're playing, Iran and the Czech Republic, <laughs> really, uh, for first fives, match up, and they can play with our guys for, mm-hmm. for a while. It's the depth factor. Oh, yeah. They do not have the benches, and you saw what happened. Well, the quarterfinal opponent is going to be Spain. Now, the USA has already played Spain once in an exhibition game. You know, Spain, Spanish team, the Gasol brothers and uh, Ricky Rubio, and there are others. It's a veteran team. They're almost all NBA players. Maybe not literally the case, but they're almost all. They're very good. They're a former world champion like from two years ago. USA beat them in Las Vegas. But can they beat them a second time in Tokyo? I have, I don't know. It's, it's, it's really kind of a curious situation whether or not the USA is getting better. They're probably getting their rhythm and shooting now. But uh, is that going to be enough to carry them to a gold medal? It's hard to say. Yeah, it's it's difficult to say with the men's team. And, I mean, Popovich came out and said kind of the same thing we've talked about on the show the last couple of weeks. He said, you know, you've got guys that score 25 a night for their team, and there's, you know, Everybody can't score 25. There's only one basketball. That's right. (laughs) There's only one basketball. So, you know, hopefully they they put team first and, you know, we can see what they do. I'm really impressed with our swimming. I mean, you know, from the days of Michael Phelps, we dominated so much. And then Katie Ledecky, you know, 
It's been outstanding. I can't remember the gentleman who's won all the golds. It's Caleb Dursell. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just incredible dominance at that. So, yeah, it's been a fun Olympics to watch so far. I watched a little bit of the soccer yesterday, the women's soccer, and mm-hmm. uh, that was a tight game, tight match, I should say. That's there you the go. appropriate term. Right. Against the Netherlands, and it was tied. They had to go to shootouts, and they won it on shootouts. And I watched a little bit of the women's basketball when they took on Japan, and the size-wise, Japan was not anywhere near as big as the U.S. team, but right. through the first half, held their own. Mm-hmm. And it was a pretty tight game. Actually, they had the lead a lot through the first half of that game. Well, that's the same thing with the men. Again, the depth factor mm-hmm. and, and, and your physical uh, well-being on the court does make a difference, especially in the women's basketball. In the men's game, it's the bench. They can bring mm-hmm. in pros from the bench, and the other nations just simply can't match that at all. Now, the Spanish team, who they play uh, coming up, and I think it's very early Tuesday morning, I believe, is when they're going to play. They they can match up because mm-hmm. their bench is also pretty good. It'll, it'll be it'll be a very interesting matchup for the USA as to whether or not they can get to the medal round. They're not even in the medal round right. yet, and this could knock them out of it completely. But we'll we'll see how it works out. You're listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. It's our local live sports talk show. Let's go back to Simone Biles um, pulling out of the first the team competition and then the individual competition. I've got so many different thoughts on this because mental health is so important and it's something that comes up in sports a lot, a lot more than I think people realize that they're the people train their whole lives to do this one thing and how that affects them as they step on that stage, the pressure can become overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And in this case, We don't know all the details of what's going on with her. We've heard that she's said that her body and her mind just aren't in Uh sync with each other. Ned, I wanted to get your thoughts on the story and how it's developed. It has happened before. She is not the first one to uh, fall Mm -hmm. into that that chasm, so to speak, that does befall athletes. Hey, we saw it with the young lady Osaka, the uh, tennis player. She pulled out of Wimbledon Uh simply because of that. And uh, would not go to the media, even though it is mandatory, would not go to any of the media events that are required at the French Open. They kicked her out of that thing. Mm-hmm. And as a result, she now she did go to Japan, and I believe well, she's native to Japan, And but she got knocked out of the competition. She there. did. I'm going to carry it over to another sport. We have it in tennis at the moment. The number one tennis player in the world is Novak Djokovic. He is in this competition. He's going for the Golden Slam, Mm -hmm. and that is so very rare. That's all four of your professional open events and the Olympics. It doesn't happen every year. Well, obviously not. He's going for it, and he gets knocked out by really opponents who are not as good as he is. Mm -hmm. What did he do in his championship match? Now, keep in mind, this is Novak Djokovic now. This is the number one player, name pro, throws his racket into the stands at one point. The stands are empty. (laughs) And then at the next point, he hits the stanchions that support the net, and they are metal stanchions, and destroys a racket. Mm -hmm. I mean, just smash the thing in two. He was so frustrated with himself and with what was expected of him. I understand Simone Biles' situation, (laughs) really, and I have a lot of sympathy because here she has been, as we pointed out, the publicity figure for much of the Olympics, 
and all the commercials with her doing the thing, and then, hey, watch the Olympics and all this sort of thing. Imagine the mental strain. She's mm-hmm. 24 years old, for heaven's sake. And to have that foisted upon, it is part of life, and it's part of maturation. I do understand that, but this is a international event. And then to have that kind of pressure put on you, I understand where she came from. Absolutely. And I think the the main thing I want to convey to the listeners is, you know, I've heard a lot of criticism on Simone Biles. And I understand that. I understand the country pride aspect. And, you know, why couldn't she just cut it out? The best thing I can compare it to for your average sports fan is the yips in baseball. Mm-hmm. You know, we've seen Hall of Fame careers come to an end, basically, with Steve Sachs. Uh, Chuck Knobloch, I mean, Rick Ankiel for a local story. I mean, he obviously... Steve Blass. Yes. Yeah. So that's basically doing some research on it. There is a, a, a thing called the twisties. And what that means is, as you alluded to, basically your body isn't doing what your mind tells it to because it's out of sync. Biles is afraid she's going to get seriously hurt. And doing some of these events, she could, you know, it's paralyzation. There's all sorts of things that could happen if you're moving at that speed and your body doesn't do what you've trained it to do. So I completely understand it. I, I do not falter in the least. I think her future is is more important. And especially in the fact that we've done so well without her competing, I don't think I think it's a non-story. I think it's something people need to let go. I'm glad you mentioned that too, John, because watching some of these Olympic events when they go on the uh, the the uh, double bars, the parallel mm-hmm. bars, uh, and then uh, do all of the mid-air twists oh. and land on their feet, hey, you make a mistake here, and there are very very serious physical mm-hmm. com- uh, uh, circumstances that can occur, and uh, your physical deficiency is very much at stake. Yes. The athleticism of everybody that participates in the Olympics is just amazing, and that's Mm -hmm. one of the reasons why to watch. I think what most people don't understand is that extra added pressure of supporting or performing for your country and wanting to do well for your country, that you get to a stage and you get to a point, and you see it frequently in uh in sports especially in the olympics especially since they've allowed professional athletes in i mean does anybody doubt that djokovic is the best tennis player in the world i mean i watched him play in the in the in wimbledon finals it was effortless and he, he in no time was he ever in trouble yet in the Olympics, he's out. He not only flames out in the gold medal possibility, but in the bronze medal. He didn't even win that. <laughs> right. Yeah. And all because, I can't say all, but he's playing individuals who he knows he can beat, but he is also playing them under a different mindset. Yes. Because this is, well, the, the professional Grand Slam is international, yes, uh-huh. but this one's totally different. This is where you have your country at stake. And not just yourself. Right. And don't think these pros do not realize that they do. And I think our expectation levels as fans, and I know I'm guilty of this, are are out of whack. You know, mm-hmm. we, we look at NBA players going in and we say, well, they should win everything. They're the best players in the world. And when they don't, we're like, what's wrong? What's happened? What's right. going on? And it's like... <laughs> They come from all sorts of different teams, all sorts of different schemes, systems. Mm-hmm. And what you mentioned earlier with what Popovich said, 25 points a night from all these guys, it just doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. There has to be a guy, there has to be more than one guy that says, you know what, this is my role. This is what I do for this team. Mm-hmm. And there has to be some ego setting aside 
as they go forward for that. And then you just love the pressure of they played an NBA season and now they're playing in the Olympics. They're not really getting an off season and they're playing for the country. If they didn't win the gold medal, I don't think anybody would blame them. No, no, not now. Joe, you have to understand now it doesn't necessarily have the impact on today's mindset with the audience. It's lessening now, but when this first started when they brought the pros in. Mm. I'm telling you, the general mindset of this of our fans here, well, these are the NBA. These other people can't even dribble the basketball. <laughs> right. I mean, they don't know anything about the game. Well, that's not the case. No. They can no, not play. And uh, when you take a look at the NBA teams as liberally sprinkled with uh, international players as they are now, hey, the game the game has changed. We still have, the we being the USA, still has the most talented athletes, mm-hmm. the most skilled athletes, but we don't necessarily have the best team. Correct. Is the coach at fault? He has to bear some of the responsibility, of mm-hmm. course, because he is the coach. But more than anything else, nobody is at fault. Because you have to have a team that practices and plays and works together. And these guys are not in that situation. They can't be. They're getting money from their other pro teams to play. Mm-hmm. It's it's an altogether different set. And that's not to say our team won't win, but I will be a little surprised if they do. Is there any storylines in the Olympics that you want to talk about that has been of particular interest to you? Oh, well, it's not complete yet because uh, we won't have some of the track and field until later on the championships, the gold medal. Mm -hmm. Yes, I'm particularly looking for the young lady from Nixa, and she is running, I believe, (laughs) either late Friday night or early Saturday morning for the steeplechase. This is Courtney Frerichs we're talking about, and uh, she carries... Now, here's a, here's a situation. She carries the Ozarks banner into yep. Olympic competition, as well as her state, as well as her sport. Now, she is, Courtney's a little bit older than many of the athletes who do go to the Olympics, but she's not old, certainly. No. She's in, what, early <laughs> 20s, mid-20s? Right. Mid-20s, more than anything. And, and, a, and a, a fairly highly regarded academic student as well. So maybe she has a bit of a different mindset. But again, think of think of what her mindset is going into this. Boy, the folks in Nick, the folks in Missouri are watching me. Everybody's watching me. Hey, this has to have an impact. Uh-huh. Yeah, I can't imagine what that's like. And well, I'm never <laughs> never going to have that opportunity. <laughs> what about you, John? Is there something in particular that you've been interested in as far as the Olympics goes? Uh, you know, I have. I have weird interests as far as the Olympics go. I don't think I've talked about that on the air. I love women's gymnastics. I've always enjoyed watching that, so I'll continue to watch that. <laughs> I'm going to tell you guys, let me interrupt for a split second. Mm-hmm. That is the number one yeah, ratings attraction. Mm-hmm. I it mean, is. it's number one. When you break it down from sport to sport and the Olympic TV coverage, probably the ratings overall aren't as good as they mm-hmm. were. But when you break it down, everybody watches the gymnastics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when it's truly amazing to see what oh see what these men and women can do, just it is it is mind blowing. The coordination involved is just amazing to me. Yeah. So I really enjoy that. I love track and field, so I'm ready for that to kick off. I was uh, I was a young man who watched all of the you know superstar competitions yeah. where you had you know a Madrashad and. You know, uh, Edwin Moses almost drowning in a pool and, you know, people like that doing things they didn't usually do. So, you know, those events that were on those type of shows, I absolutely enjoy. I love swimming. 
track and field, gymnastics, you know, the traditional Olympic events. I can remember when it first started. Uh, I'm I'm not a regular viewer of that show, but it first started back, oh, I want to say the mid-70s, mm-hmm. sometime did, around yeah. there. And one of, one of the early contestants on there was the world heavyweight boxing champion Joe Frazier. Yes. Smoking yes. Joe. And he was in, I think, the weightlifting, if yes. I'm not mistaken. That was one of the categories. Well, he, he, weightlifting is a technique. <laughs> you have to, he, he yeah. had no idea. Now, here's a guy smoking Joe. He's mm-hmm. going to take your head off and a great fighter and all that sort of thing. But he didn't know how to lift the weights. As a result, he didn't get any points. <laughs> Whoa, Joe Frazier couldn't do yep. that. Hey, you've got to know all of the inner workings of how these events are, in fact, constructed. Did they, they used to have weightlifting in the Olympics. Have they taken that out? No, 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 no. It's still there. It's still there. Is it winter or summer? It's in the summer games. Uh, They they haven't publicized it quite as much because it may be, and I'm guessing this, we've had one, one female athlete from this country who won a medal in, oh gosh, I can't remember what the, it was weightlifting, of course, Mm -hmm. but one of the categories. That occurred last week. Now, it could be that the big behemoths, what was the name of that big Russian guy? I, that's uh, what I was sitting here trying to think because <laughs> that ABC Wild World of Sports, <laughs> they had him on like every month or something. And it, yeah. we always just watched. I mean, look what that come guy on do. there, great big character that he was. And I've got another word. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and never smile, never mm-hmm. just kind of look, lift up the weight, hold it up, slam it down, then walk off. There, Igor, Ivan, or somebody. Yeah, and the steel bar that the weights were on was bending. Oh, bending. right. <laughs> yeah, because he would pick it up, and yep. you could see the weights just pull down on the side. It was, it was, you know, that's the one thing. Again, I'll go back to this. Everybody that's in the Olympics, no matter what they're doing, if in the Winter Games, if they're doing curling, mm-hmm. if they're doing uh, skateboarding, gymnastics, they're all the top-level athletes at exactly. what they do. And everything that they do is truly amazing. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a great thing to watch the Olympics. It's a great thing to to have around. I, I will admit I don't have the same interest that I used to have in it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it is it is the Olympics. Joe, I think you represent the majority. I, th- yes. I found that to be the case. That folks have maybe lost a little bit of their intensity. And there are reasons for that. COVID being one of them. Uh, our focus is on something that's completely different. And here the Olympics was postponed by one year, and there are no fans in the stands. The same, same with baseball, with no fan or any sport, for that matter, that didn't allow the audiences uh, to be a part of it. I think that affected the overall general populist response. And as a result, I think we've seen a lessening of attention. I have watched the Olympic ratings here, and they have not been overwhelming. In fact, mm-hmm. they, they've lost a little bit. There's just a different attitude uh, than what we have now. It may come back. Mm-hmm. It, once we start regenerating a bit of normalcy, and I'm wondering if there is such a thing as normalcy <laughs> anymore, but if no. it ever does happen. This is the new normal. And my God, I hope not. Oh, yeah, me too. But I, I do think one factor people forget about, and I blame this a little bit for the ratings dip, Ned, is the fact when it's in a completely different time zone, which is completely yeah. opposite. It's it. I think that drowns some of the interest. People want to see things live. So it's different when it's in Canada, the U.S., you know, somewhere in the Western Hemisphere, as opposed to, you know, an event going out at 3 a.m. ESPN reports the result and the next day you're watching it at 3 p.m. Yeah, exactly. 
We'll be back to talk about one of the other biggest sports stories going on right now, and that's the baseball trade deadline, winners and losers. We'll have the Reynolds ratings a little bit later on. (laughs) Back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, a proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs radio network. We came up with the name for that weightlifter. What what's his last name? Lejev. Lejev. Yeah. And I remember the announcers. Well, thus and such just lifted so much weight. But wait a minute, here comes Lejev. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. He had 80 world records, 81 Soviet world records, gold medals in 72, 76. No longer with us. Age of 69, passed away in 2011. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about uh, baseball trade deadline, winners and losers. Let's start with the St. Louis Cardinals. Mm-hmm. And they picked up a couple of pitchers. They did, but you've got to classify them as not, uh, not a winner or a loser, just a nothing. They're just in mm-hmm. a total amoeba, so to speak, because they didn't accomplish anything. Yeah, they got the two pitchers, John Lester and J.A. Happ. And they got them for one specific reason. Uh, they want somebody to eat some innings. Yes. And those guys can do that. Yes. No, they're not going to no-hit anybody or be big winners. Lester is way past his prime. And Hap, Hap got off to a pretty good start this year, but he was battered. Faltered badly. Yeah, he did <laughs> really, really badly. Uh, and he, they have those two. And, and they're there just for that reason, just to occupy places until you get Flaherty and uh, hopefully Flaherty and maybe Michaelis. I'm not, I'm not sold on Michaelis anyway, but be that as it may, those guys are coming back. And until they do, these guys are going to be thrust into the rotation and, and asked to do their role. So you can't really say the Cardinals are winners or losers in this case. They just are, are nothing. They're a non, non-competitive well, I'll say the tr- the trendy opinion I saw, I belong to a lot of Cardinals groups, and I'll, I watch, you know, a lot of the reviews of the trade deadline that, you know, ESPN and other places do. They listed the Cardinals as one of the top two losers. Mm. I disagree with that. At, at this stage, they were nine and a half games out in the season. You're, I know the Cardinals have made miracle runs before. We know about 2011. We know about, you know, all of the different times they've overcome the odds. I don't know that that's going to happen this year. And they have such a rich farm system with position players right now. I would have hated to see them mortgage some of that for a what if. You hit it on the the absolute head, Ned. These are these are pitchers that are past their prime. They are there to eat innings so you can give Oviedo, the Woodfords, chances to learn in the minor leagues and look towards the future. These aren't sexy picks by any means. And what we gave up, John Gant... He's a talented reliever. He walks too many people. Lane Thomas, he's a decent player. We watched him make three errors in center field when he was filling in for Bader and Carlson when they were both out. So, I mean, these are guys that other teams might be able to use and they may turn it around someplace else. But I thought it was it was low risk, low to mid reward for what the Cardinals did. I don't have any problem with it. Interested to hear you mention the walk factor too, and Gant was particularly guilty of that. And the Cardinals still do lead the major leagues in walks, mm-hmm. but the gap has narrowed. They've cut down greatly on the numbers of walks they were giving up. We were seeing games in which they had 8, 9, 10, sometimes 12 walks in a game. <laughs> you can't do that and expect to win. It's not going to happen. Now, I notice the pitchers have reduced that. Now, what the technique is, I don't know. Maybe it's pitch to contact instead of the... 
worrying about how many strikeouts you right. have, which it, it's kind of comparable to home runs. Well, I hit mm-hmm. 25 home runs. Well, I struck out 500 batter, or whatever the case might be. So what? Right. Did you win the game? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, that may be the case. They may have told him, <laughs> hey, pitch to contact, let your other seven defenders out there do uh, what they're supposed to do and see what happens. But you're right. It's it's just not it's it doesn't even figure into the win loss category. It is no. a nothing. Now, as far as winners are concerned, I do think obviously the Dodgers help themselves. Yes. Uh, you you don't get a guy like Max Scherzer and a shortstop like Trey Turner. Trey Turner. You don't Ooh. get them without having to give up some things, which they did. I was really interested in the Yankees trade. Mm-hmm. That one really surprised me. Getting Rizzo, Anthony Rizzo from the Cubs. Why did they get Anthony Rizzo? You've got Luke Voigt there at first base. You have other big sluggers on that ball club. Well, I think what they did, and this is just a guess, I have no reason other than what is presented to you for saying this, but here you give up one of the Chicago, the Cubs give him up, one of Chicago's favorites. I mean, this is Anthony Rizzo, a cornerstone of their championship team, only 32 years old, no, not having a great year. You give him up to the Yankees, but he's still a free agent at the mm-hmm. end of the year. I wonder, and they did not. They, being the Yankees, did not do anything with Luke Voigt. There was mm-hmm. some speculation they might trade him. Didn't do anything. He's getting over a knee injury. I'm wondering if they don't ask him to play throughout the rest of the year, maybe into the playoffs, maybe into the series. Who knows where it goes. Then declare a free agent goes back with the Cubs again. Mm-hmm. Is that a possibility? Absolutely, it's a possibility. <laughs> I, uh, I, Being a longtime Yankee fan, I will tell you the following things. And John and I discussed this before we went on the air. Yankees play in a very left-handed hitting ballpark. That that fence in right field is shorter than most high school fences by about <laughs> 5 to 10 that feet. That is exactly right. It is. And that lineup, for whatever reason, Brian Cashman, who's the general manager of the New York Yankees, is built is at most times overwhelmingly right-handed. Right. <laughs> so at a ballpark built for left-handed hitting, why do you have eight guys that can hit that are all right-handed for power and then one guy, usually Brett Gardner who's past his prime, who's your left-handed hitter, Aaron Hicks is never going to be he's a switch hitter. He's never going to play full season. Uh-uh. I think there's some question in their mind whether Luke Voigt will play full seasons because he's been injured most of this season. And I could tell you the Yankee Yankee way is usually to have a platoon situation at first base with the left and right-handed hitter. Yep. So I think that ideally they would probably like to keep Rizzo because I think he would be a beneficial to them in the long run as far as having that left-handed bat in the order. And he's been on base eight times in the first two games. That's a record for the New York Yankees. So I see them possibly making a run at, at Rizzo at the end of this season and, and hanging on to Void at the same time. Could be. Mm-hmm. That could very well be. You make a very interesting point. I'm going to regurgitate some, some uh, information that I was reading. This is many, many, many years ago, reading history of the Yankees. And it was, it was a, a, a pro-Yankee a story that I was reading, but it had some sardonic material in there. <laughs> and one of them was when the Yankees moved from the Polo Grounds, which is where they played their games, to the new Yankee Stadium in 1920. <laughs> well, 
<laughs> it was christened the house that Ruth built. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Long O, sports fans, it was the house built for Ruth. Yes. Because that's exactly the way it was. Hey, the right field is a chip shot. And he was bombing them in there. Now, he did hit, well, he and Mickey Mantle both hit shots that were yes. up on the filigree on top of the roof, <laughs> which were gargantuan shots. But, oh, no, that house was constructed to have that left-handed power bang him in the seats. Most of uh, There was a time when the fence didn't come into play in a lot of baseball stadiums. Babe Ruth changed that. Mm-hmm. And also, as as baseball stadiums changed we through the years, they went to smaller ballparks mm-hmm. to get more home runs. I remember a pitcher, I don't it was probably Kurt Bavacqua, who pitched, <laughs> <Dirty> Kurt. <laughs> How pitched at uh, the old Tiger Stadium, which the um the the upper deck actually hung out over the hung over the field. You could hit a home run and it would not it would not have left the park had it been for that upper deck. Right. <laughs> and they asked him about giving up a number of home runs in that game. And he goes, well, you know, they were home runs just like they would have been in any other Little League baseball park. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that yeah. was also the case at the polo grounds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The upper deck there hung out over the uh, over the outfield. And it those big high pop-ups down the line. 251 feet away. <laughs> yeah. With, yeah. Uh, just hit the front row there and, and drop in. Well, look at look at Fenway Park. I mean, mm-hmm. f- that pesky pole is is shorter than Yankee Stadium. Yes, it is. And then the, the Green Monster is not very far out either. You just have to loft it you have to, to get, get it some over. Height on it. Yeah. There is an old story, guys. You would remember, I, I hope you would anyway, the name of one of the great sluggers in the Major League Baseball, mostly the National League. Back in the late 40s and early 50s, Ralph Kiner. Oh, yeah. of course. And Ralph, of course, later went on as a broadcaster for the uh, the New York Mets. Uh, very famous for his malaprops. But over and above <laughs> that, he was a big-time home run hitter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he is all that the Pittsburgh Pirates had. Yes. Very <laughs> similar to what they had now. Fans would wait around at Forbes Field in Pittsburgh. They may be being 8-2 to two or 9-1 to one or whatever, such as they are these days. But the fans would wait around for Kiner's last at-bat because mm-hmm. they wanted to see him. What they did at Forest Field was beautiful. Yep. It's a big ballpark. Left field, 351 feet away. They <laughs> reconstructed it during his era there and brought it in by about 20 feet and called it Kiner's Kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> and that is where he blasted some of his home runs there. Then when he left, when he got traded to the Chicago Cubs, he got traded for an interesting it's interesting story, too. He hit the Pirates up for a raise. Mm-hmm. They said, hey, we we really can't afford it. He said, well, I'm, I'm going to hold out for more money. I think it was probably $10,000 or something like that. And uh, Branch Rickey, who was running the Pirates back then, said, hey, Ralph, we lost with you. We'll lose without you. Oh, my gosh. And they, and they sent him <laughs> on to the Chicago Cubs. And they talk, took you away Kiner Kitchen. Wow. Let's talk about the Chicago Cubs because mm-hmm. they were the fire sale team this year. Yep. They gave up Chris Bryant. They gave up Anthony Rizzo, Craig Kimbrell. Mm-hmm. They had in the past given away Starling Marte. They'd given away mm-hmm. Starling Castro. I'm sorry, Starling Castro. They'd given away Glaber Torres. This is the team that won the world championship what, four or five years ago? 2016, 2016, so it's been five years. And I remember the talk at the time. They were talking that this would be a legacy dynasty. Dynasty team. And here we are, and that team's gone now. Don't don't discount it, though, Mm -hmm. because Rizzo is a free agent. Bryant was a free agent. 
and uh, they're both gone, mm -hmm. but they also both might come back. Here's the thing that I think really flew under the radar. Javi Baez wasn't a must-trade candidate. No. He went to the Mets. I find that really interesting. I don't know a lot of people know the background on that. So obviously they have Francisco Lindor, who is, I know he's had a down year, but he's a phenomenal player, generational player at shortstop. Javi Baez isn't too far behind. Those two are best friends. So if you can sign Baez, move him to second base, that middle infield for the Mets is going to win a lot of games. So, yeah. Big stories, of course, were the Dodgers making the moves that they made. They obviously got a lot better. Trey Turner's a young player, a mm -hmm. great player. Also, Max Scherzer, one of the great pitchers in baseball yes. right now. The Yankees making the moves that they made. I think the one that flew under the radar for me was Chris Bryant. Oh, which yes. Which is one of the to big the names out there to the Giants. The Giants mm -hmm. holding their own right there and saying, okay, we're yep. in this. And again, still consistently being one of the best teams of baseball mm -hmm. right now. But can they hold the Dodgers off mm -hmm. in this run? What do you think, Ned? Well, they yes, they yeah. have a very nice team. I remember some, well, interestingly enough, though, it's how you put matchups on the field. Cardinals took two out of three in San Francisco from them mm -hmm. and took two out of three in St. Louis from the Giants. I thought the Giants were beginning to falter. It's a matter of matchups mm -hmm. and how you can bat against a, a pretty good pitching staff or whatever the case might have been. But whatever. I like the Giants ball club. They are not as good as the Dodgers. The Dodgers have the best team. They're world champs. They haven't been together. They've had injuries. They also have on their ball club, and this is non-baseball related, but they have a kid named Bauer who's a pretty good pitcher, but mm -hmm. a not very good human being, apparently. Right. And uh, I don't think that the media can be faulted for talking about the stories here because yeah. the reports that I have heard from people on whom I have a lot of uh, or give a lot of credibility is that nobody wants this guy. He's a great pitcher, mm -hmm. but he is not a, not a good human being and a very tough one, maybe almost close to a cancer in the uh, locker room. Have you heard that, John? Oh, absolutely. I mean, Bauer is extremely talented. He's very outspoken. He, he tweets Rob Manfred directly about things. He has his own podcast where he talks about nuances of the game and taunts other players. He's entertaining at times, or at least he was, but the allegations facing him are extremely concerning. Right. And what I have been told, Ned, is... The Dodgers, overwhelmingly, the players in the locker room, do not want him back. Get rid of him. Get, yeah. get him going. Here's his. He's a teammate of Garrett Coles mm -hmm. at UCLA. And Garrett Coles, who's now Cole, is with the Yankees now. Mm -hmm. Very uh, less than complimentary remarks to make about him. And they were, yes. they were college teammates. Mm -hmm. We'll come back in a minute. We'll do our Reynolds rankings. They're our own version of the Madden rankings. And we'll talk about... <laughs> Who the best quarterback in the NFL is? I think you know who it is. You're listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, part of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, a proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. I want to point out as we start here that we're at our second to last show on our regular Sunday slot, which is noon on Sundays, mm -hmm. where we're at right now for everybody that doesn't have a clock or a calendar in front of them. <laughs> uh, in a couple of weeks here, we start with our regular preseason 
pregame shows that we'll be doing. And our first game will be on a Saturday, and that's against San Francisco. And I don't want to do the math here. I think we do a 5 o'clock show that day. Mm -hmm. So this is our second-to-last Sunday. And last week we joked about it because we love... Because we love ESPN deep inside. <laughs> we joked that they spent a whole week doing the Madden ratings, and I got to think about it. We should do the Reynolds ratings. Yes. <laughs> and talk about the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Let's let's start right there. We're, we're in preseason mode now. Mm-hmm. We'll do a full preseason episode next week. But let's talk about it. Who's, who's the in your opinion, the best quarterback in the NFL right now, Mr. Reynolds. There are arguments uh, in a number of cases Mm -hmm. uh, because Aaron Rodgers is the reigning uh, National Football League MVP. But here, Patrick Mahomes has to to come away with that honor because, after all, look what the guy's done. The Kansas City Chiefs are Patrick Mahomes. It's how he goes. And they didn't have him at quarterback. Certainly, Andy Reid would... Look somewhere for someone who could run the very complicated offense that they have. But he doesn't have to because he has Mahomes there to run it. And Mahomes is that that talent level who can pull something like that off. So I have to give my number one, number one gold star to Mahomes as the top in the National Football League. But I do give Aaron Roberts, uh, Robert, Aaron Rodgers, I give him a very close 1A as far as that ranking is concerned. And then so forth and so on down there. There are any number of them. Uh, my goodness, Lamar Jackson. Yes. Who, in fact, do, do the Chiefs play them this year? I don't think they yes, do. Yes, they, they do. do play the, oh, they, they do? do play the Chiefs. Uh, when is that game? I'm, I've got my little schedule here. In front. It's bigger <laughs> now. I complained about that, and the next week Mike was nice enough to give us a big <laughs> schedule. And uh, they play them the second week of the season. There we that go. is September 19th. And that is a Sunday night game. Too. Is it in Baltimore? It is at Baltimore. Didn't yeah. they play them in Baltimore last year? I think and, so. And beat yeah. them there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Lamar Jackson maybe had some injuries anyway. Mm-hmm. Anyway, here's a guy who is just a phenomenal athlete, is able to do a lot of things, may not have quite the team in back of him. Keep in mind now, the Chiefs have, have constructed their team, especially their offense, to react to how Mahomes runs the ball club. Other teams attempt to do the same thing, but are they are they as effective? No, because they don't have the horses. That's why Kansas City has been so very effective in what they do. Anyway, that's and uh, Tom Brady. I would have to give number mm-hmm. number two because one A is right. Rogers, two right. is Brady, and even at 43, 44 years of age, he still gets it done. Look, we did win a Super Bowl. Come that's on, right. so I would give those as my top three. One thing I'll say that I think is funny, you know, they broadcast, of course, the Madden ratings now, which I think is the biggest fiasco. (laughs) As someone who plays video games, here's where I listened to a little bit. I was like, okay, Mahomes is a 99 this year out of 100. Great. What lost me and made me stop paying attention was, and I kid you not, Josh Allen from the Bills. We remember how dominant of a season he had last year. Mm -hmm. His rating, which I believe was like an 81, didn't change from the year previous. Anyone who watched football last year knows Josh Allen had a superb season that he had never had. So if you're not going to bump him up after last year, I don't take a lot of stock in the Madden ratings. What what was Dak Prescott's? 
Uh, I want to say he's down in the 70s. Really? To be honest. Well, yeah. that's funny because ESPN spent a lot of time talking about him and coming back this season for the mm-hmm. Cowboys. And it's you would think that he had actually done something yeah. with his career, which he hasn't to this point. Yeah. I mean, he's you know, sorry, Cowboy fans, but yeah. he hasn't. He's serviceable. But I mean, do you I can't. If I'm taking the top 10 quarterbacks, he doesn't make my top 10. I, I, I'll tell you another one who I should mention, too, is Kyler Murray. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. yeah. Love the way mm-hmm. Kyler Murray plays. I wish the Cardinals had a little bit more of a team behind him to back up what he can do. But Murray Murray is very effective at what he does. Well, you look at the quarterbacks that the Chiefs will face early in the season. I mean, first week, Cleveland Browns. Mm-hmm. Right Baker Mayfield. Mayfield's Baker definitely Mayfield. in the top 10 for Just me. Just a great quarterback. Uh, and a guy that's growing, you can you, you right. can see a Super Bowl, oh, possibly yes. there. Yeah, Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson, amazing great, player, great, amazing player, one of your favorites. I know, Josh. absolutely. Then they play the Los Angeles Chargers. Mm-hmm. They've got a young quarterback there, Justin um, Herbert. Yeah, and uh, Philadelphia Eagles. And we saw some Jalen Hurts showed streaks of greatness last year. Some streaks of greatness in his mm-hmm. play. Then they play Josh Allen, Buffalo mm-hmm. Bills. The Washington football team, they still haven't come up with the nickname yet, have they? No. They're apparently no. not going to. Yeah, I think they're just going like to roll football with it. Team. Washington football team, okay. I like that too. Sounds good. Um, who's, their, who's their starting quarterback? They've, I think they're still trying to figure that <laughs> I think out. They're still figuring it they're out. They're in training camp. Hey, give them a while yeah. here. Right, yep. <laughs> Tennessee Titans. Tannehill, he's, yeah, again, he's done everything he can with not the most talent in the league. And he is what's known as a serviceable quarterback. Yes. He gets yeah. the job done. Game and manager. Yes. He, yes. He, the guy can get it done. Yeah. And he's look a, at his, that's a good team, folks. Yeah, They're a good, very good team. Tough. Mm-hmm. Well, he has to turn around and hand off a football. That's what he's got to do. Yeah, he's got, A.J. Brown's a really talented receiver, too. Yeah. He's got some weapons. New York Giants, and uh, I think they're still trying to figure out their quarterback situation. Daniel Jones, more yeah. than likely. Yeah. yeah, the Duke kid. Yeah, he's he's a good player. Oh, Here's well. the team, and Ned mentioned this. He's because he's one A is Aaron Rodgers, but will he play for the Packers? Will he be with that team at right. that point when they play in the in the season? He's uh, he yeah. will be. He's, I think he he's will there be. now in training camp. He's they have not necessarily made up, but it's Rodgers who got the concessions mm-hmm. in this argument. And the concession was he took a year off his contract. Yep. They lopped the year off. In other words, instead of a three-year, now it's two-year. In other words, it expires at the end of next season. Correct. So if he is not happy, he has sayonara, guys. And then it's the Las Vegas Raiders coming up this season. Well, you don't know what you're going to get there. Yeah, you just the Raiders, don't. The Raiders bag. potentially could be a very good football team. They mm-hmm. could potentially be a very good bad. They could be a very good bad. They could be a very bad football team. Correct. There's still a team that's on the cusp. And here is one of the factors about the Raiders that I think is overlooked. It's an intrinsic one, but they played before no fans last year. Mm-hmm. None. Nobody yeah. was allowed in that magnificent new stadium they have in Las Vegas. The fans will be there this year. They will be there in uh, full capacity, I think that has a difference in their team. I think it does, too. Yep. Dallas Cowboys, we talked about Dak Prescott. Prescott being back, yep. I don't look for the Cowboys to do much this year. I don't think they'll be. What do you think, Ned? They're the Cowboys. Right. They're the boys. <laughs> they, They're the boys. Jerry Jones will hog the sport light as he always does, get on there and either be smiling and happy and every player is the greatest one who ever lived or he's ready to execute them one or the other. Mm -hmm. But from a talent standpoint, 
they might be contenders. They play the Chiefs, and they play them, we're at Arrowhead? Yes, at Arrowhead. When is, is what's that? November 21st. Okay. Uh, the, uh, I don't know. I don't know what kind of a team. They're kind of a puzzle. Right they now. are. Yep. Denver Broncos, still trying to figure it out. Yeah. I mean, Locke's serviceable. He's looked decent. So He, yeah. he has been. Mm-hmm. He, had, he had a great career at Mizzou. Mm-hmm. He knows his players. I, I wouldn't put anything past him at all. Drew Locke can do some things. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh Steelers on December 16th, Ben Roethlisberger, who is uh, pretty much at the end of his career. And mm-hmm. you don't know whether he'll be playing or sitting the bench that time. He can still do some really great things, but he has very little mobility at this mm-hmm. point in his career. It is, Joe, a matter of his O-line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Have that in front exactly. Of him. Hey, well, that's what we've talked about with the show for three years now. We've mm-hmm. said if you've got a good offensive line, these guys are all the best at what they do. Mm-hmm. And most organizations, I'm talking to you, the New York Jets and the New York Giants, any team in New York that you feel like you draft a quarterback and that's all you have to do, that that's going to be the magic is just Mm -hmm. going to come from that quarterback. You've got to protect that quarterback. You you know, I know uh, Manning got really dogged on late in his career Mm -hmm. Two Super Bowl championships. It is hard to throw a complete pass from mm. your backside. And that's <laughs> exactly where he spent right. most of the end of his career. Mm. If you don't have time to throw the ball, then forget it. We're going to give you a more glaring example than that, and that's Mr. Mahomes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Super, Bowl. Super Bowl, yeah. No all, well, limited, yeah. limited O-line, and mm. look what happened to him. Oh, my, run over 400 yards backwards. That's right. Oh gracious, you can't have that. Who no. else is on the schedule, Joe? Well, we'll finish the... They play most of the rest of the AFC West as they finish the season. Interesting one, though, in my mind, is uh, Joe Burrow. Okay. Cincinnati Bengals, because they play at the Bengals to kind of wrap up the season. And that's what I was afraid of, and that's what I was going to bring up because I hadn't looked at the schedule. That's a trap game if I've ever heard one. Joe Burrows is the real deal, guys. And it, it, I watched him play before his injury. He is going to be a superb NFL quarterback. Now, whether they give him the weapons and the people around him that he needs, that remains to be seen. But he has the potential to be a very, very good quarterback. It is the Bengals. I know. I drove behind. <laughs> there's a Bengals fan here in Springfield. Okay. I drove behind a Bengals fan the other day. I saw the sticker in the back of the car, and I thought, man, you're a... Uh, Wow, waving that flag. Was it a car from the 80s? Maybe it was an Icky Woods Remainer <laughs> or something. Icky yes. Woods. Boomer Sizemore. That was so, so good. Gracious. So at the top of the Reynolds ratings, it is Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Josh, you kind of run our Facebook page for us. Uh, mm-hmm. Kind of string together the Reynolds ratings for us uh, sure. on, on the Facebook page. I'll be glad to check do those that. out. We'll come back in just a minute and talk about what we're going to watch on TV this afternoon. I know it's your favorite thing to hear. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. I have to apologize to my partner here, John Oliver, who I've known for several years. I've been calling him Josh Roberts. Sorry, John. It's okay. It's You're not okay. Josh. Josh's not with us today. His mom's a little under the weather, so mm-hmm. we wish them well. Definitely thinking of him. Yes. In our hearts and our minds. So let's talk about what we're going to watch on sports today or on the television, on the box. When you go home, are you going to, are you going to watch the Olympics? 
You know, I'm probably not. No, I have some uh, some writing work that I've got to complete for our uh, upcoming football magazine. For Forum? I'm sorry? For Forum? Uh, in a way. <laughs> <laughs> you, you didn't get that reference, did you? No, I didn't. Oh, penthouse Forum? You're over my head, man. John will explain it to you when we're off yeah, the air. We'll, we'll talk off the so air. No, yeah. the answer is no. But And I also do not get the Cardinals on my system at home, so mm-hmm. I'll probably watch them on my cell phone here. Yep. So what are you going to do, Josh, John? <laughs> J&J. Um, I'll probably watch the Cardinals. I'm going to actually try to watch some Olympics. I'm, I'm, I'm flying solo, so I only have my son, one son with me. The uh, other son and my wife are in Tennessee with my daughter. Really? Where, which one do you have? I have Marshall. Oh, all right. Yeah, so he's yeah. uh, he's pretty low maintenance. If he comes out yeah, of his room, exactly. it'll be a shocker. So No knock, but you don't have to worry about the house being burned down. Oh, no. no not with no. Marshall. No. Well, unless Holden. You might have to worry about that. To be fair, his room's pretty hot because all the electronics. So, I mean, a fan catches that PS5 is going to (laughs) just. He's got a PS5? He does, yeah. Can I come over and play at uh, at your house? Sure. I'm going to lay in his bed and play. (laughs) He doesn't sleep above the door anymore, does he? That was Holden. Oh, that was Holden. I said Holden. I said Holden, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, Holden. Yeah. Well, I said you have to worry about the house burning down if Holden's there. So. Oh, yes, yes. I'm sorry. I misunderstood. Yeah. He's the fire starter. That's right. <laughs> it's like Drew Barry more in the 80s. He is. <laughs> he can will it with his mind. <laughs> so what are you going to do? What are you going to watch? I think some Olympics, honestly, because I'm kind of upset with myself. I haven't watched more. I've just read a lot of the results, and that's a byproduct of what we talked about earlier with the time zone. So I'm really going to try to tune in and... And actually watch a little bit. I love the Summer Olympics, so I don't want to. I don't want to miss it and then regret it and not see them again for four years. I think I'm going to call you the Jam from now on in, and I will call Josh Terry. There we go, Terry and the Jam. Yeah, that works. What do you think about that? Any kind you, any time you can have association <laughs> with something, hey, you've got it made. Yeah, I'm, okay. uh, I, I associate with a, a different. You know, they're. I'm uh, better not get it. (laughs) Going to get ourselves in trouble here as we end the show. All right. Next week, we'll do our pregame as we get set for the NFL season. Have a great Sunday, Mr. Reynolds. Thank you, sir. And to you. And what about you, John? You you as well. Have a great Sunday. Okay. You as well, We'll see you guys next week. Download us as a podcast. It's Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. Thanks to Corbin Campbell, Scott Meyer, and Mike the Intern. We'll see you next Sunday.